Well, good morning. We're going to continue in the uh, Come to the Table series, and today we'll be in uh, Luke chapter 10, uh, looking at what Jesus did in uh, the home of Martha and Mary. Uh, but kind of like Mike was talking about with his call to worship, when, when you're traveling, it's just it's good to get home. And, and all of these table stories are, are really they're, they're a part of Jesus' Jesus's journey home. You know, he was, he knew all along he's headed back to heaven. He's headed there. It was a hard journey. It was a long journey. He knew what was coming, but it was part of his journey home. And every weary traveler knows how nice it is to make a stop for a meal along the way. You just, uh, maybe it's just me, but, but sometimes when I'm traveling, you know, the, the hungrier I get, the worse uh, my patience becomes with the kids in the back or the, you know, the, the drivers who, you know, just don't seem to be using their brains out there. Uh, but when, when you travel those long distances, when it's a long, hard journey, it, it's just nice. Take a break, sit down, have a meal, and all right, let's, let's get back at it. And I think Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're no exception for that need for a break. And in Luke chapter 10, they're, again, they're traveling and they came to a place where they could find a friendly face at the home of Martha and Mary uh, in Bethany. So let's read that from Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, it's interesting that those five verses are it. That is the whole story. It doesn't say what Jesus was teaching. It doesn't say what meal was prepared or what happened uh, before. It doesn't really say what happened after. That's it, five verses. But I think it has a lot to teach us. And the first thing is, I think that we can follow the example of Martha and learn the value of opening our home. It, it can open so many possibilities in relationships, right? When, when people are welcomed and invited into our home, it, it helps us grow closer with them. Uh, I've told the story of often how I came to know Jesus thanks to uh, the Burgoyne family, their role in it. And I didn't just go to church with them. I didn't just go to Bible study at their house. I was welcome anytime, right? I, I was so welcome that I didn't need to knock at their house. I could just walk right in the front door. If they were eating dinner, I, I'd just come in and sit down, and I was part of the family. I could just be there. Sometimes I'd even come over to hang out with, with Jeff and Pam, his wife, when the daughters weren't even there. I just, let's spend some time together. Let's talk. When my friends and I didn't know what else to do, that's the house we went to. That's the place where we spent our time. That's the place where our relationships were formed. 
Because we knew we would be welcomed, we would be shown love, and there were usually cookies. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> but as Jesus headed towards Jerusalem and he headed towards the cross, he stopped at the home of someone who could give him a place to rest away from the crowds. I mean, he's been, he's been tested by the crowds. He's been uh, tested by the, the expert in the law in, in, earlier in Luke chapter 10. And he's fed the 5,000 and he's, he's being followed by all these people. And sometimes you just need a break. You need to kick your feet up and relax. And so he went to the home of someone that, that he knew and he loved. His relationship with, with Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus was different from many of the other people that he interacted with. These weren't just random people that he stopped in at their house on the way. In John chapter 11, John mentions three different times that Jesus loved them. That, of course, is around when Lazarus died and then Jesus called him out from the grave. But that kind of deep love and that deep relationship, it, it can be developed when you spend time with people, when you share those meals, when you share life together. And it's very hard for that to happen if we won't open our home, if we keep everybody out. So we want to open our homes, we want to open our lives to others to build those kind of deep relationships and in verses 39 and 40, we see the differences in personality between Mary and Martha. They both want to show Jesus the love and attention that they feel he deserves. But they do it in two very different ways. Right? Martha, Jesus shows up and boom, she springs into action. She is doing everything she needs. I bet she's got a list in her head. This needs to be done, and this needs to be swept, and this needs to be put away, and this needs to be cooked, and this needs to be cleaned, and, and we're going to do this, 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 and this, and everything is going to be perfect for Jesus' visit. I'm tired just thinking about it. I am not wired that way. I am thankful for the people that are. Otherwise, you know, things would be a lot more, uh, a lot more hectic. But it's a big deal to her that Jesus is there, and she wants to make sure that everything is just right for his visit. How many of you feel the same way? you got people coming to visit. You are going to do everything to make sure everything is just right and perfect and a lot of activity that they never really see and if we're perfectly honest, probably don't appreciate as much as they should. But it's there and it's, it's part of the way you show your love, right? That's part of the way that Martha showed her love for Jesus. And I want to make a note here. Jesus never says this is a bad thing. He never, never says, Martha, why are you doing all this? I don't need this, that, or the other. Well, he says only one thing is needed. But he doesn't tell her necessarily that she's wrong or that she's doing something bad. It's just that what Mary is doing is better. It's kind of like, Martha, that's fine, and this is good, and I know where you're coming from, but this is better. Mary has chosen to sit at his feet and to listen to him, and Jesus says, this, this is better. And that's the second lesson that I think we learned from this story, and, and that's that sometimes we need wisdom to see the better option. Not that Martha's doing something wrong, but she wasn't doing what was best. And I want to think about what are those things that, 
that we can do better. Maybe there's things that we do that are good, but there's also a better option out there. When I was a younger Christian, um, I was challenged to think about my giving differently. I didn't have much to give, uh, but I was challenged to think about it differently. Uh, And I don't remember where I heard it, but it stuck with me. Instead of asking, well, how much should I give? I was challenged to ask, how much should I keep? Oh, well, that's a different way to look at it. Maybe that, for me, for a time, that was a better way of looking at it. It changed the way that I gave. It went from, well, how much can I give and still, you know, be following what Jesus really wants me to do, to maybe helping me think about being more generous with what God has given me. And understanding that I don't need to keep everything so that I have the best life possible, but I can be generous with what God has given me. And in turn, receive an even better life. Because I really feel that as I've become more generous, God has blessed me even further. Um, That's my experience. Reframing that idea helped me to become that way. And I believe it's better for me to look at that way. Um, at one of, my, one of my churches I've been at, we were having a discussion with a woman about a, a baby shower. And the, the mother-to-be wasn't married. And so for me, I, I was a little uncomfortable with that. At first I was like, ah, you know, making this big deal about this baby. Like, yeah, but it's like, it's not the greatest situation. Like, this isn't something that God loves, that she's having this baby and she's not married. And she just kind of looked at me and she kind of put me in my place, deservedly so, and said, look, she can't take it back. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so let's, let's love and honor and support that young mother-to-be and help her to understand that The church forgives. The church loves. The church doesn't judge. The church doesn't condemn. The church loves. Let's celebrate that there is going to be good out of this, this new life. She pointed out there's no opportunity to go back and undo the sin, but there was opportunity to show the love of Jesus to someone who needed it, to show the support of the church to someone who needed it. I was foolish. And I didn't see that at first, but I'm glad there was someone to point that out to me. I can disagree with the actions that someone has taken to get where they've gotten in life. All kinds of things that are results of our sin. But I can still show the love of Jesus to that person. I can still help them see the way to redemption, the way to eternal life in heaven. It is good to stand against sin, but I think it's better to show the love of Jesus, which, of course, does not support or affirm sin, but helps the sinner understand why they should abandon that sin and and turn to Jesus. That's what the love of Christ does. It's good to be at church, but I believe that what is better is being involved in the life of the church, giving and serving and sharing life together with the other members. It's good to read the Bible, But it's better to study it closely and allow it to dictate our lives. It's good to tell someone, hey, I'm going to pray for you. But it's better to pray with them right then, right there. 
It's good to cry out to God with my concerns and my burdens. But I think it's better if we do that and we share them with our Christian brothers and sisters who can help me with them. Maybe there are some parts of your life where you could choose better at work or at home. Encouraging our our students to read and study God's word is good. But maybe it's better to read it with them, to study it with them. It's good for me to tell my wife and kids that I love them. But it's better if I show them that I love them as well. It's good to pray for our friends who need Jesus. But it's better to pray and actively share that love of Jesus with them. I could go on and on and on with examples. And some of you probably already think I'm doing that. But it's important for us to not be satisfied with good if there is something better out there for us. I don't want to settle for a marriage that is fine and good if I can do better, if I can love my wife better. I want to do the best that I can. I I don't want a ministry that is, it's okay. I want something that is better, that is reaching more people, that is showing more love. Good is fine, but let's strive for better. All right, I think a lot of that is why we're focusing on discipleship this year as a church. We think that, you know, there's a lot of good things happening here. New Hope Christian Church is an amazing place with lots of wonderful people. But we can do more by seeking what is better. And when we're focused on making disciples, I think it creates those better relationships with one another and better relationships with Jesus because that is what we should be chasing after, Jesus Christ together. We want to see people taking that next step in their walk to move from being people who like being saved to people who love the church to people who are serving the Lord. We want to see people from being, move from being Uh, maybe just a consumer of what the church has to offer to being a part of the church that is offering something to those who need it. And and don't get me wrong, there are times when, man, all we have in us is to come and just be filled by the Lord here at church. There are some times when just I have given all that I can give. I have been beaten up by this world and I just just need to come here and, and feel the love Uh, of God and his people. And that is 100% okay. But there should also be a time where we move to that next step where we then turn and offer that to others. As we experience the love of God and the love of the church, it should give us what we need to move into that other role, right? Where instead of just receiving, we are also giving, We want to move to a deeper relationship where we're prepared to make more disciples. We want to become a disciple and then create a disciple. Be one, make one, right? We've we've said that before. So our first two lessons from Martha and Mary are that an open home or an open table, it can lead to those deeper relationships and that we we don't want to settle for good when we can choose what is better. We need wisdom to see the better option. And Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, provides us with our third lesson. It's an interesting place because the feet of the teacher 
is where a disciple sits. And in first century Israel, that's not the place of a woman. Most teachers would look at Mary and say, get out of here. This isn't where you belong. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. They certainly wouldn't have been encouraging Mary is doing what is right. But Jesus, of course, was not like every other teacher. He was different. So our third lesson is kind of, there's twofold lesson. Jesus didn't restrict anyone from coming and learning from him. In fact, he, of course, often went to those who would not be welcome coming to him, and he spent time with them. They wouldn't be welcome with any other teacher, but Jesus went to them. They didn't always have to come to him. He ate with Levi and the other tax collectors in Luke 5. He accepted the sinful woman washing his feet, and he commended her faith, and he forgave her sins in Luke chapter 7. Bill preached about those two stories earlier this month. Next month, you'll hear about Jesus eating with the Pharisees, who Jesus disagreed with all the time, quite harshly in many cases, but he still ate with them. You'll hear about Zacchaeus, another tax collector that people didn't like. Jesus said, I'm going to your house. Jesus didn't exclude any of them from eating at his table. And likewise, as a church, we should welcome anybody who comes seeking Jesus. Now, it's possible that there may be people who come into a church looking to stir up trouble. But if they find Jesus, maybe they don't have the opportunity to do that, right? But we should welcome anybody who comes seeking Jesus. This should be a place where they don't find judgment, but a place where they can belong, a place where they can feel like part of a family, a place where they can encounter Jesus. But the second part of that lesson is Jesus also changed the people that he encountered, right? Jesus didn't leave everybody the same. Jesus doesn't leave anybody the same. My experience of coming to know Jesus may not have been typical in a lot of ways, but I think it shares a lot in common with everybody else who's ever come to know Jesus. I got to know who he was, and then I realized I need to change. I need him. I understood that he could offer me something that nobody and nothing else could. Because the thing about Jesus is that if we will sit at his feet and we'll learn like Mary did, if we will be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, he'll change us. That's what the gospel does. That's what Jesus does. You know, we can, we can learn all about our favorite sports team or our favorite movies or books or music or any of those things. And we can, we can recite all this information about him and we can be passionate about it, but if we can't, do the same about Jesus. If we can't do the same about the Word of God, what are we doing? Why won't we just sit at His feet and learn like Mary did? And it's a lot easier for us than it was for anybody back then, right? We have the Bible in our pocket on this device. or in I've got about eight of these, you know, different versions, different sizes, different shapes. But sometimes, 
the amount of time I spend studying God's Word in a day can be pretty easily measured in minutes. And the amount of time I spend watching a game or whatever is in hours. And as I'm sitting thinking this morning about that fact, do I need to change some of that? So I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself too. The gospel changes everything. We might come to Jesus broken and messed up and blind or sick or hopeless or helpless or whatever it is. But we don't leave that way. Not if we really know him. When we earnestly seek Jesus, when we desire to know him like Mary, we find a Savior who loves us deeply. We find a Lord who gives us hope and and a purpose and a future. We find that the God of all creation that holds everything together, as Colossians 1.16 tells us, he did what was necessary for us not just to be saved, but to have an abundant life with him now and the promise of eternity. How could that not change us? How could that not shape everything that we do? Mary sat at his feet because she wanted to learn everything she could from Jesus. She says, this is more important than all the other things I could be doing. We don't have the opportunity to physically sit at the feet of Jesus. Right? He's he's not here physically in our midst. But we have Sunday school where we study the Bible. And we have small groups. And we have church on Sunday mornings. We can open up our Bible in our own homes and we can dig in and we can ask questions about the scriptures to gain more understanding. We can meet together on Sunday mornings. We can meet together on Sunday nights. We can meet together throughout the week. We have all kinds of opportunities to metaphorically sit at the feet of Jesus. But too often we get complacent. Or like Martha, we get distracted by things that aren't necessarily bad, but they're not the better option either. Because if it distracts us from following Jesus, it may not be bad, but it's certainly not good. So as we come to a close, I want us to consider, are are we willing to open our home to develop those deeper relationships? Am I willing to share my life with other people so that they can see Jesus through me? We need to ask, am am I settling for less when there's the option to choose better? Am I willing to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn everything I can from him? Or am I just, he's there, gets a little bit. Is Jesus changing me or am I still the same? I think sometimes we we might be convicted by something that is preached And we make a decision, uh, but we kind of keep it to ourselves. And that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think a lot of times, maybe a better option is we we could share that with others. I don't want to just keep to myself, like, hey, you know what? One of the things that I've been convicted of preparing this lesson is I need to read the Bible in the morning before I do anything else. And so... I'm going to get up earlier, and I'm going to make sure I go and do that first thing in the morning before I do anything else. Because I need to, I need to do it. 
needs to happen. We want to share these kind of things because then we can have some accountability, some opportunities to help each other grow. I'm not saying every decision needs to be made in front of the church or from the pulpit or anything like that. I'm not trying to artificially encourage anybody to come forward, but the decisions that we make should be shared with our brothers and sisters so that we can help each other take the necessary steps. So I don't know if you need prayer. I don't know if you need to make a decision. I don't know if there's anything you need to do, but it's that time. (laughs) We've reached the end. I, I hope and I pray that I've preached something today that makes a difference for you and that you can take what you've learned and and share it with somebody else and help change their life for the gospel. Let's sing.